Ladies and gentlemen, very welcome to be here for a small discussion with Nils Afner. Hi, Nils. Hello, Gregorio. Uh, I think the best way to start is, Nils, could you please introduce yourself? Yes, uh, my name is Niels. I work as a professor at the uh, University for the Applied Sciences in, in Lucerne, uh, especially in the field of customer management. Uh, that means everything uh, in, in marketing and sales and in customer service. Thank you, Niels, for the short introduction. As usual, you said not quite a lot of things, but in Switzerland, and I would say in the Dach region, you are something like the CX Pope or the CX Guru. I already heard quite a lot of names about you, and I think it's it's really great to, to having you here. Thank you very much for, for your time. And I um, read the 1st of January 2021, a great article that you published, and this is about the customer experience trend, rather. It's something that Niels and his colleagues are publishing every year. And perhaps let's start deep diving on this. Where did came this idea to create a CX trend rather? So I'm, I'm doing this for a very long time, Gregorio. So I started in 2006 pointing out the CRM trends for the year. That means uh, putting together what I saw in the, the previous year, putting together the development in technology, the development in, in processes and in, in sciences around uh, customer uh, management and then pointing out uh, one to, to, to six trends for the next year, which, which will be uh, feasible in the market, which will be relevant in the market, and uh, uh, which could be seen as a kind of a trend report. And uh, I found out that I'm not the only one uh, who is doing this. And uh, I, I learned to know a very, very uh, great expert in Germany called Harald Henn. He's doing this for quite a lot of uh, quite a long time. So I think he's active in the market since since 30 years or something like that. And uh, so he uh, was doing near about the same thing, uh, but more from a technology uh, perspective. And so in the end, we thought, okay, um, let's let's put our our knowledge together and uh, try to have a more holistic view on on uh, uh, customer management. And what we found out is uh, that there are a lot of uh, let's call it bullshit, bullshit terms in the market. So uh, this is this is quite a problem, especially in the in the uh, German-speaking region, because uh, um, especially consultants try to mix up our, uh, German and English words uh, totally senseless together, and in the end you don't know what they want to point out. And so we were asking ourselves, what is really relevant today? What is a trend? What is an, a serious development? And with which trend? Should a, uh, should a senior management person in customer management uh, deal uh, uh, which trend should be on his or her radar? And so what we developed is the customer experience management trend radar. And I went through the old version and I think it's really, really interesting because you are really focusing on the most important topics, structure, people, process and technology. But based on the fact that I have you on the stage, it's better that you explain the trend runner and, and not me. I am a big fan of, of this reader. I'm using it really in quite a lot of meetings to show also what is happening on the market. But again, Nils, the stage is yours. Uh, 
Thank you, Greg. Um, so as, as you said, we, we, we took the, the classical structure uh, uh, out for, for, for developing this trend radar. So we have uh, three dimensions. It's uh, the people dimension uh, where, we, where we see uh, trends like uh, CX strategy, um, uh, the, the feedback loop or the employee experience. Uh, management, the process dimension, where we see uh, the cust classical customer journey mapping and the uh, customer journey management, and um, uh, topics like uh, omni-channel, topics like the, the management cockpit, and in the end, the, the technology dimension, where we see all the different technology trends. So within these three dimensions, we positioned uh, overall 18 in the original version in 2020, 18 different trends. Now we topped it a little bit up to 19 trends and we renamed uh, one, or, one or two of them. And um, these 19 trends we positioned on a maturity model. And this maturity model is, uh, it, 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 it goes from, from the, the least mature uh, stage, the vision stage, uh, over a prototype stage uh, in, into the acceptance uh, of the standard uh, to the commodity. And so let's, let me point out what, what I mean by this. So when we see a, a, a trend very, 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 very early in uh, some, some other great instruments uh, like the Gartner hype cycle, yeah? And, and you see, okay, people are talking about this and uh, it, it is a, a kind of a term, a new term and it's a, it's a hype topic, yeah? Uh, so it's most of the time in the vision uh, uh, stage. Vision stage means uh, everybody's talking about this, but nobody uh, knows how to bring this to life. Um, this changes when, 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 when normally great companies uh, start to build prototypes. And the first time a company has a prototype, um, uh, they look at it and ask, okay, is this a feasible prototype? Is this a viable, a viable uh, prototype? And um, so more and more companies are building prototypes. And in the end, it turns out that uh, it is maybe a useful thing. It turns out that maybe uh, a service cloud system or a, a, a CX management cockpit is a useful thing. And then uh, companies all over the different industries start to accept this. And this is what we call the acceptance uh, stadium. Uh, the acceptance stadium uh, means that, that people know, okay, this is a useful thing, but not everybody has it. Yeah, and, and so um, then it is about uh, bringing things to life, uh, uh, establishing real projects, bringing it into work. And um, uh, from the acceptance uh, phase, it goes into the standard phase. So in the last, the most mature phase is the commodity phase. And uh, we, we have two trends, that's CRM systems and uh, on the other hand, uh, uh, the customer data platform, which are in the commodity phase. And uh, uh, we want to show this for one or two more years and then it drops out of the trend radar because it's common sense, it's a commodity. Everybody has this uh, uh, instrument uh, uh, in, in real work and nobody's talking about um, uh, this uh, anymore because it's, it's, it's totally, totally a standard and commodity thing for everybody. Okay, so this is the, this is the, 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 the main idea of uh, having this trend rider. And so it is an instrument for a decision maker uh, to understand 
which trend is really relevant, which uh, trend is mature uh, uh, for my company. Um, uh, are there really working prototypes or is this really in the stage of acceptance that I need this um, to have a comparative advantage in the market? Yes, it was extremely understandable. And for sure, we will make also one link available to show that, to see that, because one picture is always easier to understand than your explanation. But it was extremely clear. And I think I really like also, also the simplicity of, of, the, of the representation with these three big topics, people, process, and technology, and where they are in the maturity, in the maturity model. And uh, <laughs> thinking back to, to what you said, and you did the example of the CRM system that in two years it will be common sense. I hope so. I am not so sure that it will be for all the companies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, however, uh, I think I, I fully agree. And, and one example of um, topics that are in, in the early stage is like virtual reality. I saw quite a lot of fancy use cases, but not really one big solution that that could really help in in in, in customer experience and um, basically also to link to my what you said to, to the next question and uh, you said we're speaking about people process and technology and often also in the past it was oh i find out a great technology try to find a use case and uh, now where are the biggest priority nowadays it's more people it's more process it's more technology or you need all of three first first of all you need all of three it's always always a mixture uh, just with just with people you, you can't you can't scale uh, you you have no possibility to serve a, a large numbers of customers um, you need processes for these and uh, making the processes work you, you need normally technology so, so you need all, all of all three of them. Um, so in the end, it depends on uh, what you want to do. And let me point out what happened in the last year. So in the last year, we, we um, realized that we have um, a lot of uh, projects in the field of sales management, in the field of uh, uh, getting in touch uh, with the customers. Uh, avoiding uh, closed shops in the pandemia, uh, uh, investing heavily in e-commerce systems, in, uh, investing heavily in, in technology and marketing automation. Um, and uh, uh, what we saw at the same time is uh, that, that innovation, the process innovation or the innovation on the people side uh, uh, came, to, came nearby to zero because of the lack of funds. And so this is uh, uh, really interesting. Uh, so, so what we see at the moment is um, that developments in customer experience management are so much technology driven and there is nearby no um, overall concept behind this. So, so what, what, is, what is the most important from our side, uh, uh, our point of view is uh, developing a, a CX strategy and a, a really reliable omni-channel concept. Because what, what we did is we, 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 we established separate channels, especially for the marketing and for the sales field, because we lost touch during the pandemic. And uh, now it is about uh, uh, bringing it in all together and designing an overall differentiating customer experience. That means that the customer should realize what makes you as a company different to another company are uh, um, offering the same product for nearby the same price. 
I think that's that's interesting. And, and to come back to, to the point you mentioned, omnichannel, I think a company started having one or two channels. And now in the meantime, they have seven, eight channels. If we speak about WhatsApp and all these additional tools. And uh, I think also from the progression, several years ago, we were, we were speaking about multi-channel and that's something what everybody is. We're speaking about omni-channel. My question to you, it's, um, do you think really that the companies need to offer all the channels to their customers or are we already in this direction of hyper-personalization and therefore companies should be on the channel of choice of the customers? Indeed, the, the, the latter one. Um, so uh, uh, what, 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 what we see is um, that, that a, a real omni-channel, that means every channel available, uh, approach is, is just feasible for, the, for, for large companies with a lot of budget. So it is a matter of budget. So if you are planning to have an intelligent approach to customer experience management, it is uh, uh, the latter thing uh, that means um, you should concentrate on what your, where your customer wants to be. And um, so uh, this is one perspective. The other perspective is um, that not every channel and uh, uh, therefore every touch point uh, is ideal for every kind of, of business. So um, let me give you an example, which, which is, is understandable by, by, by everybody. Um, it is the matter with email and customer service. I personally think that email is not a very, very appropriate channel for, 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 for customer service, yeah? Uh, because um, you, you have this, this time lag. You have this time lag, and um, that means uh, you write an email as a customer, the, uh, the company reads this, uh, some employee reads this, and the empl employee does not understand what is meant by the customer. So uh, because you have stupid rules in your company, uh, that means, uh, 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 that means the, the inside channel is also the outbound channel, um, uh, you write an email back with questions. Yeah, uh, this email is read two days later by the customer and answered by them. Uh, just because you answer by email, uh, there is no chance that the, the customer writes in a better way uh, that you can understand this. And so what you're doing is you're playing ping pong. And, and so just take a step back and think about uh, uh, what is the real, what's the real purpose, what is the real idea of the customer using customer services. Uh, it is getting a solution. And so for that, uh, for that, it is maybe not the best touch point to use an email or the best, the best uh, uh, medium. And, and so uh, um, what I see is that the superior companies, um, for, for example, a, a, a large pharmacy company in, in, in Basel uh, uh, said, okay, uh, we're not using email anymore for the internal customer service. In, in IT because it takes us too much time and it's too much hassle for the customer. And so um, I, I think it's always a good idea to select channels uh, on the one hand, and on the other hand, uh, to think a little bit, what does your customer want and what is appropriate? What's the appropriate instrument for, for solving the customer's problem in time? I think this is this is one great example. It's this ping pong, and then if you link this also with KPIs like first contact resolution, it's extremely difficult to have a good first contact resolution with email. And one additional topic to mention: it's also about 
how this email are structured because most of the time you have multiple questions in this in this um, in this email and for one you need perhaps uh, still a signature for another it's only an information that you could find on the web page and the third one you can do that but then you have always several requests at the same time and the same agent needs to to handle them and and therefore i think this is this is key what what you are saying and also related to that uh, everybody knows that the joke who is driving uh, digitalization in the companies is the CDO, uh, re uh, response A, response B is the CEO, response C is the COVID-19. And <laughs> this is the joke that everybody is saying COVID-19. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. You, you mentioned something that I would like to, to deep dive. On one side, yes, we have an acceleration of digital. We need to mm -hmm. go digital because of pandemic and everything what is happening. But on the other side, you mentioned also something that is really important, it's budgets. The budgets mm -hmm. are decreasing. How is it possible to balance uh, budgets that are going down with the big need of going up with the digitalization? In, in, indeed. So, so first thing, we, we, we have to concentrate. We have to concentrate on the real differentiating customer experience. That means uh, oh, we have to think about differentiation. Yeah, Where is differentiation possible? Where do we have the chance to differentiate against the competition? And uh, uh, finding, finding out where this is possible, you should spend your budget on the really uh, uh, differentiating moments. In, in a customer experience. And so on the other hand, um, that means you have to cut budgets uh, on the other moments. So uh, this has to do with automation. And uh, when we think about customer experience management, we should always think about, do we have a chance to differentiate uh, uh, ourselves against the competition or, or does the customer just need a, a simple uh, solution, a simple problem solution uh, to go on and it is not the time to, to, to offer him uh, um, additional products or services. And so I, I think this is, this is the core idea here. Uh, where can you automate and where should you avoid automation? This is the, the second question is also uh, uh, somehow important. <laughs> I think that uh, I, I fully agree. And I think back also about this topic on one side is exactly what you are saying, differentiating where I can do something additional for our customer and also thinking one step forward. Um, I think Genesis is defining it uh, like moments that really counts. And these are the moments where, for example, you miss the flight or uh, something gets stolen. And then really you need to help the customer. You need to find a way to cope also not from a process point of view, but also from a human to human interaction with, with this customer because perhaps they lost the keys or they missed the plane and they have their story to continue. And I think this, this is really a, a key topic. Let's quickly, let's quickly go back to, to the trend rather. Um, you mentioned that you are doing that since several years. What are the biggest changes in 2021? So the biggest changes is uh, uh, on the on the one hand we we added the the, the topic of uh, uh, CX governance. That means um, finding finding a way 
to establish rules in the company uh, who is responsible for customer experience management for the design and the delivery of, of customer experience management who's responsible for uh, bringing in ideas who's responsible for uh, for checking if the if the, the the whole direction of the of the company uh, goes into a customer centric uh, direction and so this is this is one one big point for us uh, because um, most of the companies are not really talking about this. They are establishing uh, a, a division or a department or, uh, or or just a team for for customer experience management and say, okay, uh, your job is to make the company more customer centric and to provide an excellent uh, experience for our customers. And as long as you are a, a team of two, three, or five uh, in a company of, of, of 15,000 people, uh, you feel sometimes a little bit lost because it is not your job uh, um, to deliver customer experience. It is your job to find out where you have um, today not that optimal uh, customer experience and uh, where to improve. But for, the, for, 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 for improvement itself, you need uh, a lot of more uh, people. And so um, I think uh, more and more companies, especially the excellent companies, are, are, are coming on that idea and, and saying, okay, mm, this is really, really important. The, the second thing is what makes a huge, uh, 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 huge, huge step um, towards maturity is um, the idea of the so-called value irritant matrix. That means uh, um, finding out where you can automate or where you should automate or where you should avoid automation for providing human to human. You said it in the, in the perfect way, uh, Gregorio, uh, human to human interaction on a high level with a high degree of experience for the client. And, and this is the, these are, I, I think, at the moment, the, the most important two, uh, um, two things. On the other hand, uh, we see that during the pandemic, during 2020, um, augmented reality, virtual reality uh, systems made a huge step to maturity because um, uh, it is a good idea to, um, to, to come closer to your customers on a digital way. So that means simulating uh, real life experiences, uh, providing a nearby real life experience, immersive uh, experiences uh, in a digital and, and distant, distant way um, to stay healthy. Um, on the other hand, uh, what, what, we, what we see is, is on the way, especially in, in, in some companies, uh, especially in the services companies and financial services and the telecommunication services, is uh, providing conversational AI. That means uh, uh, all these, all these, what we say are chatbots, voice bots um, on a conversational interface like, um, like Facebook, like uh, WhatsApp, or like the Amazon Alexa system. Uh, uh, they made made a huge leap here uh, uh, in the in the last. Uh, 12 months uh, because people are sitting at home and uh, they're using these systems every day and they are somehow different to person-to-person uh, -person interaction. Uh, maybe they are, they are new and they're exciting and so uh, uh, this works a little bit more or a little bit better than, than before. Th thank you, Nils. And um, perhaps you spoke about three, four trends that are really important. And one strange question, which one of the 19 
trends do you like most and why? <laughs> at, at the moment, uh, for sure, uh, uh, I like I, I like two two things two things most because um, they are they are paying my rent. Uh, to 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 be honest, uh, uh, when I'm when I'm talking about at the moment uh, about steering uh, customer experience management, it is about um, uh, the financials. It is about uh, um, proving that customer uh, experience management pays off. And uh, for that, you need a, a, a viable uh, management cockpit. You need a, a viable, a reliable management cockpit that shows you uh, the business numbers, you shows the relation to, to the, the core uh, KPIs in customer experience management, the, the, the net promoter score of, for example, the customer effort score or customer satisfaction. And in the end, the, the, the process, key process indicators. And uh, uh, when we're talking about processes, we, we talk about marketing, uh, we talk about sales, and we talk about service. And service, for example, that is could be a, a first contact resolution rate. Yeah, that's a very, very, very uh, interesting uh, uh, indicator here. The second thing is, uh, as I mentioned before, the value irritant matrix, um, because I'm, I'm totally convinced that in times of digitization, uh, 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 the core question is what should we automate and what should we avoid to automate? Uh, let's take a let's take a certain industry. Let's take let's take the banking industry. In the banking industry, uh, um, they made a lousy job in the end of 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 of, of the 1990s, uh, beginning of the 2000s. Yeah, they automated their customer relationship. Yeah, they they introduced e-banking, and the core idea was to to um, avoid uh, avoid that people go into the bank branches, yeah? And uh, every visit in the bank branch costs time. And they said, okay, normally most of the banking needs could be done over the, the e-banking. And so the result was uh, um, that all the people, wealthy people, well-educated people, young people dropped massively into the e-banking systems and used the e-banking systems. And so the banks lost their human to human contact. Yeah, they lost touch with their customers. And uh, so banking became more and more a standard, if not a commodity. On the other hand, uh, uh, the people who are not that profitable, especially elderly people, especially not so um, uh, IT uh, 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 people with high IT literacy, uh, they went to the, to the bank branches uh, uh, longer and they needed more time. And so this is, um, this is not the best way to automate. And we should avoid doing the same mistake um, a second time uh, because this is stupid. And we should avoid stupid management. And so it means uh, to learn a little bit about uh, uh, what is really a, a good idea for automating. That means our, our customer dialogues where the customer sees a value and says, okay, I need an answer. I need, uh, I, I need, I need service. I need products, and uh, uh, trying to to put uh, against that the the view of the, of the company. That means, uh, um, okay, uh, is there a sale in for me? If yes, we should speak with the customer. Is there something something new, a uh, kind of kind of a new wisdom in it? Uh, um, uh, a new idea how to make our business smarter, then we should speak with the customer. Or is it is it quite quite cheap? Is it cheaper to speak with the customer in person? Yeah. If not, yeah, 
then we should automate the contact, especially for, for all the contacts uh, where we knew the question, where we know the question and where we know the answer. And so it's, it's by far better and it's by far better for the customer too, to have a very entertaining and, and, and exciting automation system uh, uh, helping me with my question than uh, having somebody on the phone uh, who has to answer the same question for the 50th time the day. And uh, uh, maybe he's not in his best, uh, he or she is not in, in his uh, best mood anymore. And so automation could be a nice thing uh, from the perspective of customer experience and from the perspective of, uh, of budget. Sure, thank you very much. I, I think that's that's the key. I am fully agree with you and we discussed quite a lot about the value return matrix. I personally don't understand why it's not more known in, in the market because it was uh, defined the first time in 2008 by Bill Price, the first VP of customer service of, uh, from Amazon. And, and this is really a key success factor. If you think about um, automation in future, you cannot automate everything and you should, should really put the right budget on the right process to be automated. And then I think the, this is the key. And I like also how you started the, to answering this question because at the end you said it's paying my rent, but also for customer experience. Uh, no ROI, no party. I know it's uh, advertising for something to drink, but this, this is the reality. If you want to get the budget to implement something, that you need to, to have a return on investment. Indeed. And uh, the, the last part of this discussion, we spoke again, human to human interaction. And this is time that um, we would like to get a bit more from you, Nils. And um, the first question is, um, you are a professor, you are a keynote speaker, you are going to conferences and so on. How can you ensure your work-life balance? Um, first thing is um, uh, I, I don't I don't like this work-life balance because it, it, it implies that that work is not life, and uh, for for me uh, work is life. I, I love what I do, uh, and I'm the only one who is responsible for 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 getting work. Yeah, I'm, uh, if nobody is, is forcing me into work. Yeah, and for every piece uh, of work I get, uh, uh, the only one I can blame. Uh, uh, for that is a bad, bad decision, uh, uh, it's me. And so this, this is the first thing that keeps me quite satisfied. Um, second thing is um, I have a, a, a lot of lot of interaction with, with cool people. And um, uh, they have the same, uh, the same idea of uh, um, bringing things forward. And uh, this gives energy. And um, what, is, um, what is the third uh, is that um, I guess I, I guess I have a, a significant lack of hobbies. I have no hobbies. Uh, so I remember one time uh, um, the uh, marketing journal here in Switzerland, uh, marketing and communication, uh, made a, made a big interview with me, and they they missed out to ask me about my hobbies because uh, I didn't said something about this, and so they had to call me because they are always pointing out uh, 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 the hobbies of, of, of somebody. And uh, I said, okay, um, write, write, write down uh, reading and world domination. And uh, because I was short on time, uh, uh, they said, okay. And they asked the university, should, should, should we write this in the, in the uh, uh, journal? And 
And my, my, my assistant at the university said, yeah, better, better you do, otherwise uh, he gets mad about this. And so they really printed uh, that my hobbies are reading and world domination. And uh, if, you, if you Google for uh, reading and world domination, uh, in, in German, uh, Lesen und Weltherrschaft, um, then you get uh, uh, exactly in, in, in one click to my, to my blog, Half Norwood CRM. <laughs> very, very nice. And uh, I think world domination, and I can understand that. And therefore, I'm really happy to be one of your friends because then I am on the right side, not on the, on the wrong side. <laughs> Absolutely, you are my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the confirmation. I will keep the recording <laughs> forever. Um, which book are you reading or which book would you um, share with us? I know you wrote also a really interesting book, perhaps not speaking about this book. I will put the link in the, in the show notes, but yeah. uh, perhaps something that you wanted to share with us. Uh, I, I think a lot of people shared this already. The effortless experiences is for, for me at the moment uh, um, still my favorite book. I still my favorite book because I I I, I got uh, two or three aspects from it and uh, proven by numbers, uh, uh, which I saw in my own practice and and I uh, thought it, it's very very confirming for me um, that they made this research on the uh, the other side of the ocean uh, uh, concerning uh, what people really want. And and so that was a that was a book. Uh, you can you can sum it up uh, in in one one sentence. Nobody nobody is waking up in the moment in the morning and says, "Oh my God, I want to call my insurance company. This is the best things I ever ever did. I I I'm going to to call my insurance company." Most people wake up and say, "Okay, uh, today I must call. I have to call my insurance company." It is an obligation because I want to get things done. I don't really want because I will wait for a long time. I will uh, have a big discussion, and in the end, uh, I get a I get a problem solution. But this is this is the case. So uh, uh, avoid uh, unnecessary efforts. And this is a great book for that. I read it and I fully agree with you. Um, if the audience would like to contact you, you mentioned your blog. What's the best way to contact you? Uh, I, I, I think if you if you put Niels Hafner in, into with the correct spelling into Google, uh, I'm just one click away from you. Yeah, it may be LinkedIn, it may be my blog, it may be the university's website. So it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, the only Niels Hafner you find in the internet, it's me, except of one, I think, 15-year-old boy in Germany uh, playing football. If you see anything uh, together with football uh, and Niels Hafner, uh, except of this uh, uh, this podcast, uh, for sure, Gregoria, um, then it's not me. Okay, but uh, you can confirm you are not an hologram. You are the, the real and the right Niels Hafner. Yeah, the one and only. That's perfect. And, uh, and uh, we were really great for all the, all the information that you gave us. And this is really my very last question. And it's always the same question. Do you have one gold nugget that you want to leave to the audience? It's something that we already discussed or something new? Yeah. Um, the funny thing is I don't have because it is too simple for me. It is too simple. And uh, I, I thought about this a long time uh, after you asked me to be, to be your guest in this podcast. And I, I think, no, I have no gold nugget because uh, um, the things are not simple. And um, maybe if you want to have a quote, I have a quote from, from Umberto Eco. 
uh, a, a great writer, one of my, my favorite writers in, 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 in fiction. And Umberto said, uh, um, okay, there's always, for a complex problem, there's always a simple solution. But this is most time wrong. <laughs> Thank you very much, Nils. It, it, it was great. And uh, I li really like this, uh, this, this sentence. Also to the audience, thank you very much for your time, but in particular to, new, to you, Nils. Thank you very much. Thank you, Gregoria. It was, again, a big pleasure to be with you. And I'm looking forward to it. also the next discussion with you. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Arrivederci. Grazie mille. Bye.